Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. Today, you are going on a journey. I want you for one second to step outside of who you are and try to imagine that you are living a life of abundance and you can in some way, somehow accept your past as it is so that you can be very present for this moment. We have a very special guest on the show, someone who I really look up to, who I've been following throughout the pandemic. And as all of you know, I've been really talking about my struggle with anxiety throughout the pandemic. And it's been really rough for me. And Andrew Murnane is someone who popped up on my feed one day and really opened my eyes to how to go through life while being very present in one way, but also helping me understand that I'm not weird. (laughs) I am just me. So put on your thinking caps because we're going deep today and get ready to trust and believe in who you are. What's up? This is Sean T and it's time to trust and believe. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So what's going on? Not too much. How are you doing? I'm super excited for this conversation. I, I love following your stuff and just sort of raw authenticity that you have. I think the world could use so much more of it. I'm like, I'm, I keep it all the way. Re- I have this really hard problem with being fake. I just don't. It just doesn't sit right in my soul. Anyway, I was so happy when I came across your um, TikTok, just your message and the way you go about life and the way you really inspire and motivate people to to be in a in a present time is so different than the way a lot of people do it. So tell me how you came up with this mindset, you know, because I know that it comes from somewhere. I can take a few steps back. Um so when I was in high school, I went through a decent amount of social anxiety. And just fear, a lot of fear of what people thought of me. I was constantly worried about the future, worried about other people's perceptions of me. So the way that sort of manifested in my life was that I was very, very quiet at school. I figured, hey, if I'm not you know, putting myself out there, speaking my truth, then it's not that anyone's going to necessarily have a super strong positive opinion on me, but they can't have a super strong negative opinion of me. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's a nice guy, pretty quiet, whatever. 
So that sort of naturally got better throughout college. And then it got to a point that I was still through college, pretty worried about other people's perceptions and things like that. Then it hit me one day where I was worrying about, I had this summer internship that was sort of like a side project. It wasn't with a, with a formal like corporate company. And a part of me just wanted to be able to have a typical internship. So when someone asked, I didn't have to go through this explanation. And for whatever reason, it probably doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it was this thing that just inside of me, I was like, oh, I just wish that I could, things could be easier and I wouldn't have to explain this all the time. And then one day it just hit me and it was like, why do I care so much about what other people think of the way that I'm living my life? Logically, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> and they have the, their own entire human experience. I have my own entire human experience, but it's, it's such a typical way that we live our lives based on comparison and judgment. So since that day, and I read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a by Mark Manson, one of my favorite books yes. ever. And that sort of made things a little bit more clear to me that, oh, this mindset might have something to it. And then from there, it kind of continued in that way to a point that last summer uh, or two summers ago now, July 2020, I started making content. And that was sort of the final hurdle in really not worrying so much and, and putting myself out there. So that's a quick synopsis of, of my sort of story leading up to that. There's a lot of people that feel that way and they're like, well, I do give a shit what people think about me. And I do, I am so focused on uh, caring so much that it definitely stops me or it stops them from being who they authentically are. What kind of tools do you give people to really say like, no, like this is exactly how I got to this point? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's something that takes practice, certainly, and and putting yourself in certain situations, even for me, like walking through the streets of New York, my phone in front of me and my microphone in hand and talking through things or putting my phone up and, you know, doing an outfit check or, or whatever. It's like no one has ever, I've probably filmed at this point thousands of videos, at least hundreds throughout New York. No one has ever come up to me and been like, Hey man, where, what are you doing? And like said something like that ever. So I think it's something that people can practice and just think of a situation where you think someone's going to heavily judge you. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be filming content on the streets, literally anything. And when you do it, you realize they almost never do. Like it's very rare that something actually comes to fruition that you're so worried about. And even in certain situations where you're so worried about something happening, the odds that that exact situation actually happens in reality is so low that it's essentially zero. But we build up these situations and potential scenarios in our head and understanding that our thoughts and perceptions are not the truth. They are not reality. Even the reality we see is seen through this lens of our own perceptions and judgments, a lot of which has been instilled in us through throughout our lives, throughout childhood and whatnot. So I think not caring what people think of you is not something you're just going to wake up and stop doing. It still comes up here and there, but it's a practice. And the more you practice, the more situations you think someone would judge you in that moment, and the more you see that it doesn't actually happen, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets, the more you do it, the easier it gets, and it becomes this sort of cycle. One of the things that you talk about is you're not 
the past or the future, you're right now. And how do you keep your energy to a place where you can stay in the present so well? Because I love when you talk about that. It's it just it almost sounds so weird and strange when you're like, well, you're not I'm not Andrew. Like I'm just right here. You know, I'm just like this organism that's living on this planet and really getting people to understand that they're just living in the present at this moment. How did you, how did you come up with that? Yeah, certainly. So I had a sort of stark realization. It was back in July of of this year, July of 2020. I was actually on a walk around New York and I was having a week of just not feeling good. And it, it was the longest I had gone of just feeling down. And I had a bunch of intrusive thoughts and was worried about all sorts of things. And I was going through everything that I has always relied on to help me to feel better. Things like gratitude, meditating, all that stuff. And I couldn't shake it no matter what. And understanding even that this wasn't going to last forever, like this too shall pass, that sort of thing. And I was actually, I was reading one of Eckhart Tolle's books, Stillness Speaks, or I was listening to it, the audiobook, and he had a part about how the past doesn't exist anywhere outside of your mind, like you are not the past. And I had heard that many times, I've made tons of videos about it, but it never hit me in the way that it did in that moment. And I imagined for a second that I didn't have a past, like I had no past whatsoever. And I was just this sort of awareness in this moment, walking through a park in New York. And it felt amazing because all the things that I was so worried about were from the past, were a part of this idea of Andrew, things that have happened to Andrew. And I was worried that those things from the past were going to happen in the future. So it was nothing about what I was doing, just on a nice walk on a sunny summer day in in New York City. So that split second, I was able to realize that I don't have a past in that way. I also realized that the idea of Andrew is nothing more than the past. It's just a bundle of past experiences and accomplishments, but it's not who I am right now because I am just right now. So if Andrew is nothing more than everything leading up to this exact moment right now, and I am simply this exact moment right now, aware of what is here and now, then Maybe I'm not Andrew. And since then, and more so this, what I got to in that moment was I'm this present awareness of Andrew. So if Andrew is still this human with brown hair, has a body, has fears, worries, anxieties, things like that, but I am just aware. So when Andrew is worried about something, I am simply aware that Andrew is worried. I am that sort of present awareness that doesn't have a past or a future, but it's just aware what is happening here and now. So it creates this sort of slight space in that that allows for more of a clarity and less of an identification with everything that has ever happened to Andrew, every fear and worry that Andrew has in that way. I think one of the things as a person who is really attached to their emotions, and that's really one of the reasons why I can be myself (laughs) and having a past of, you know, childhood abuse and sexual trauma, you know, for me, one of the biggest things that I had to work through with therapy was 
the emotions that come with that awareness, right? And I'm so much better now. Like I, I was either reading something or listening to something where they said, um, you know, when you can, when you no longer cry when telling your past trauma, that's when you are definitely on a road to healing. And so, you know, I don't have those, I don't have the tears anymore about it, but I definitely have the emotions. So how do you explain that to someone who can really understand what you're saying, understand that they are just basically a culmination of their past experiences and they are just the present time. How do you help those people or explain to those people who are dealing with the heavy emotions of what their past has brought upon them? When it comes to emotions, though, uh, my my big message is like, don't suppress those because that will only build up this resistance. Because if you are feeling an emotion right now, that is what is happening right now. And nothing is ever wrong right now. So having a sense of acceptance of those emotions in that moment or whatever you're feeling in the moment will allow them to continue and sort of pass through you, it's the resistance to them and then feeling like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way because I've done all this work and I'm better than this. It's, it's a state of acceptance of yourself and what you're experiencing in that moment will actually allow for those emotions to pass through you. Because when you think about emotions, they're, they're more or less fleeting, like emotions like anger never really last more than maybe a minute or two, the feeling of it, but then we keep it around through thinking about the situation that has made us so angry. So when it comes to emotions, it's it's full acceptance and, and understanding that there's nothing wrong with you feeling these emotions. There's nothing wrong with these emotions, being someone who feels these fully. When you cry, there's nothing wrong with crying. There's nothing ever wrong. So I think it comes back to that idea of acceptance. One of the things that you have been helping me with, which you have no idea about this, which is one of the reasons, probably the biggest reason I'm so excited to talk to you is because once I had kids, like my fear of death, like skyrocketed. I mean, it was, it was like, it was stifling, you know? And so you know, once I started following you and listening to you and kind of being in a presence, so you don't know, you don't know how much I actually like pay attention to you. You don't know this, but I'm hoping you understand by now. And so let's talk about that. So I've always wanted to talk to someone who, and, and maybe I don't know the answer to this question, but I've always wanted to talk to someone who has zero fear of death. So where are you on a scale of one to 10? Because I think we need to dive into this. I'm not going to come on here and say that I have no fear of death and like whatsoever. Like it certainly comes up and, you know, I like this experience of Andrew. I, I enjoy this and what I'm capable of doing here. So, so to think that, you know, I, I have zero fear of death whatsoever, um, uh, it would be a lie, but I think my fear of death has improved in a way, especially since that last thing I sort of talked about that I realized back in July that, you know, death is simply the end of this sort of, and not to get too deep here, but this sort of illusion of get duality. Deep. Get deep. Get as deep <laughs> right. as you want. As deep as you want. Don't, don't hold back ever. 
So, so death is sort of this inevitable, like stark end to this illusion of duality, this, this illusion that we are not all this one entity of life being experienced through different bodies and experiences. But, but at the end of the day, non-duality is what we are. We simply identify as individuals. And so we feel like we're separate, but separation is merely conceptual because if you think about it, the air, there are molecules in the air, but we have just defined ourselves at ending on the skin. But if, but if I am impacting my environment and my environment is impacting me no differently then really where do I end or is the idea of me, the idea of Andrew more or less just an illusion based on all of my past conditioning and programming. So realizing that you are just this awareness here and now, this awareness of what is in the moment, there isn't, you, you see death of this human sort of grouping of cells, this human meat suit, as I say sometimes, as just another sort of death, which, which leads to another birth inevitably at, at some point, or, you know, our bodies decompose and then there is growth out of that within the earth. And so without that identity, without such a strong identity, there just naturally isn't as much fear because in a sense you have already sort of died in the way that you inevitably will at the end of your life, which is just the end of this dualistic identification as this idea, this human character, but it is nothing more than a, than a character. Like imagine for a second that we had no names or we had no labels on earth. It would, it would be kind of a little bit more obvious that it is all the same entity, but you know, just for consideration and and convenience, I am called Andrew, you are called Sean, or else if someone was trying to get our attention, they'd be like, hey, you, and we'd both turn around. So without those labels and names and things like that, it, it can be just conceptually a little bit easier to see everything as one. While things are, are different, they aren't as divided in that way. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I would, you know, I follow you and I was... You know, I, I think I see almost every single one of your posts. But, um, you know, we we got an insight and experience into, I believe it was shrooms. Was it shrooms that you were talking about? Most likely, Walk yeah. me th- Most likely. <laughs> Walk me through this because I was, I don't think flabbergasted was the right word. I was like, because that seemed, that's more of a negative word. I was just like, more like, Wow you know, at your experience, because back in the day, you know, my husband, Scott, and I always um, la- laugh about, I believe it was Nancy Reagan's campaign, you know, dare <laughs> say no to drugs and dare drug abuse. 
drug awareness, resistance education or something like that. And now like you, I've interviewed someone before who say that shrooms help their um, depression. And then when I saw you start talking about it, I was like, oh, this is like super cool that he's like allowing us to go on this experience with him. So talk to me a little bit about that experience and how it kind of kind of cohesively goes with just your method of thinking in a way you're able to live your life. Yeah. So I think it's much more tied to, and all of this, our society right now and the stigmas on things like psychedelics while drugs like alcohol just run rampant. And I'm not anti-alcohol. Like I go out and drink with my friends. I'm a 26 year old single guy in New York. Like I I go out and stuff, but it is arguably one of the worst drugs we have on earth. And so to think that when I take some mushrooms and people like, oh, he's a, he's a shroom head. And it's like, you're blacking out every twice a week. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? But so anyway, so, so going back to the start of my sort of mushroom experience, cause it is fairly recent for me, even though I've gone pretty deep into it pretty quickly. So the story I shared from back in July, when I sort of realized that I'm just this present awareness of, of the here and now, and maybe not this character of Andrew, when I started making videos about that, People would comment things, you know, on TikTok, like, oh, tell me you've taken psychedelics without telling me you've taken psychedelics. So so people <laughs> were already sort of assuming, and I had never tried any psychedelics at that point. So people were already assuming it. So I was like, I mean, people already think I do. Might as well give them a shot. So it was back in uh, September, October, I found someone. Actually, I, I was going through TikTok, actually, and, and found some videos. People were talking about microdosing. And... One person tagged where they get them from. They said they're a great, reliable resource. So I reached out to that person. Long story short, I was able to get some for myself. And I just started kind of experimenting. And I would talk to some people who have taken them in the past. Actually, Ray, he's a guy I do um, this podcast I do called Dualistic Unity. It's kind of like the main project I'm working on right now. He uh, He's done his fair share of psychedelics and whatnot. So I was able to talk about my experiences with him and talk about it on our podcast and whatnot. But I started out started out small. So like for anyone listening, if you are interested in this, there's no rush to dive into like a a massive dose where you're fully tripping. Like you can kind of ease into it and get your, get your sea legs as they say, and realize that it's probably not what you think. And especially a microdose typically just makes you, helps you feel a little bit more relaxed. Your mind is a little bit quieter. There's less, less self-consciousness because the deeper you go into taking mushrooms, the less sort of perception of yourself that you have, which kind of went along with what I was experiencing sober at that time. So it, it just sort of accelerated a little bit of my understandings of things that were going on. And without all of our perceptions and judgments of the world that we have about everything, we are able to see things a little more clearly for what they are. So in reality, you know, going on, for example, just going on a walk through New York, it's, it's a beautiful sort of experience. But if we have all of these perceptions and judgments and and layers, as I call them, we may see certain things and, and just be caught up in our mind the whole time and not really be able to experience the experience fully. So what mushrooms do more or less is peel back a few of those layers. So say someone, for example, who is very 
judgmental and think they they have this very concrete belief about who they are, who they think the world is, they might have like 20 layers. So mushrooms just help peel back a few of those layers. And the more you take, the more layers that get peeled back. So for me, I, I probably naturally live with a few less layers. So for me to get to a point where I am seeing things a little bit more clearly, maybe it doesn't take as high of a dose. That being said, I have taken some higher doses and I can just talk about one of those. I took, actually, it's considered the heroic dose. It's a five gram dose and it was it was pretty powerful. And I actually started walking around New York. Usually I wait like two or three hours. I started walking around after two hours. So I was still kind of tripping and like kids don't do that at home. Like I had, I had a decent amount of experience with that. But one thing, one of the most profound things I had happened to me on that trip was, was my sense of self sort of went away. And it was sort of like an ego death. And I don't believe the idea that people can just permanently have ego deaths because your ego is just a way to identify and sort of exist in this illusion of duality. You sort of need the idea of I or me to communicate with people. So I don't believe that ego deaths are like a permanent thing, but it was certainly in that moment I had forgotten. So the experience as I was walking around, it wasn't that I was this body walking forward through the streets of New York. It was like I was almost on a treadmill just walking and everything else was moving past me as I went. Kind of like if you're ever on a treadmill and you see it has a little screen and it's like the scenery going past you. Cause it was like without the perception of me, there isn't this idea that I am separate moving through space. It was like, I am sort of the center of my universe. Just like you are the center of your universe. You can't know the universe from any other perspective than where you are. So, and even since then, that feeling has sort of stayed with me. So a lot of times I'm still on a walk completely sober. And it's just like, because I feel as though I am one with life, with the environment, without that perception of, uh, self that is, that is separate. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about mushrooms. But if you have any questions, I'm happy to try and answer any. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. I just, I, I don't, how do you take them? Like, I have no idea, actually. Like, do you eat them? Do, what do you do? Yeah, so I get them in powder form. So I'll usually just, sometimes I'll just put it in a glass of water and, and shoot it. But they don't taste very good because they're like a fungus that typically grows in shit so so it's it's not something that has the best flavor but i'll mix it in applesauce or a smoothie or like a bone broth or something something like that so it's 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 really powerful then it it can be yeah and it's one of those things that you don't want to take it lightly but at the same time the way our society is with how much we identify with things and think everyone thinks they know everything about what's going on. And I'm, I'm sitting here like, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything. Like I have no idea what we're doing here, like what's happening. But if you're very sure about the way things are and who you are, then it's going to be a bit of a jarring experience to have those layers be peeled back. And I think that's when people sort of experience like, you know, they call them bad trips where it's, I don't know if it's necessarily bad because again good and bad are just based on perceptions but it, it can be 
if you're in a state of resistance to whatever you're feeling, it can lead you down a path that as you continue resisting it, sort of like when you resist any sort of feeling, it just exacerbates the feeling in that way. So if you're starting to feel a little bit different, a little bit funny, like different than you're used to, or you start having thoughts about things that are a little bit different, you're like, I don't want to be having these thoughts. Like, I know who I am. I know who I am. And you're holding on to that idea of control. Then it can lead down that idea of like a bad trip. It's just interesting because I actually know a guy who said he was growing them himself. And so I didn't. And then I also saw another woman talking about it and it sounded very not fully, but it sounded pharmaceutical. Like it, it could be um, prescribed. So is that how it works or is it more of like, you got to grow it or you got to get it from homeboy over there. Home, like how does it work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I totally, I totally get it. Yeah. So in the U S right now, it's more like you need a homeboy a over there <laughs> to, to great. Yeah. Uh, but things are changing, you know, kind of like the medical marijuana industry and things like that. People are understanding more that, all of these drugs that we made illegal back in the 60s or 70s, and they were made Schedule One drugs because they were deemed to have zero benefit whatsoever. And it's like, we got alcohol and cocaine and all this shit running rampant. And, and tobacco. Like, and tobacco. Like, what benefits do those have exactly? But things are changing. Um, Canada recently made mushrooms uh, medicinally legal. Uh, so that is a big step. On, in the way of things, but yeah, people, some people grow them, but yeah, you, you kind of need to find someone I've heard. They're not super difficult to grow. So may, that may be something that I do in the future, but part of me also, I feel like people have talked about with, with psychedelics, like when you get the message, hang up the phone and realizing that you don't need to do them all the time. And I'll still mix them in certainly, but a part of me, you know, like even in a situation like today, like leading up to this podcast, I was, I was a little bit nervous and part of me was like, oh, just take a little microdose. And, I, part, and then another part of me was like, I don't need that. I'll be totally fine. And so, I, so I didn't. So the work happens in throughout your life. Mushrooms can help sort of accelerate certain processes, but Sometimes people give a little bit too much credit to the mushrooms and the thoughts they have when they're on mushrooms or any sort of psychedelics. It's like, those are still your thoughts. You're just able to have those thoughts because you're seeing things so much more clearly without that typical distortion that you have about all the judgments and perceptions about the way things are. So, so when people have like trippy thoughts, that's, that's them. Like that's your, those are your thoughts that you're having about things. Like don't, downplay those but but the work happens the the change really happens when you're able to take those lessons that you've learned on a trip or things like that and and incorporate them into your life because it's not like the trip ends and you just forget everything that you experience like you kind of keep that perception of things and and more perception of, of being more whole and complete and and that everything is okay the way it is in a certain way you keep that with you so that's i think the benefits people see when they take a higher dose that it sort of changes their life forever because it just makes that little perspective shift and sometimes that's all people need 
Well, I hope that um, your nervousness went away because you are my guy. Like I've, I'm really like a, I'm really a huge fan. So, um, but I mean, you know, hey, I, I, I can't say I was nervous to talk to you, but I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to answer the questions that I have? Because I like to go deep into somebody's psyche because it's so important uh, for me to truly understand them and it definitely like so far this conversation has definitely helped me understand you know why you are who you are but i think that um the next question i have which is probably the deepest question you know you did speak a while ago on you know how you were when you were younger and anxiety but at what point did you realize that you were different because you're different and this and I mean this in a in a positive way there are so many people who kind of just decide to go with the flow and kind of hide behind society and say well I'm just going to fit in instead of being like you said instead of being with the treadmill they still like want to like you say be in control but at some point you had to be like like I'm different like there's something really different about me. Do you like talk to me about that moment or moments or time in your life when you realize that? So I think with with getting to a point where there is less identity and just sort of this freer sort of existence in what is, it kind of I understand that I am Andrew, like people perceive me and however they're gonna perceive me, but I just don't worry about certain things. And I think it comes down to perspective, but, you know, seeing myself as everything, as this sort of awareness here and now, there's there's not much me left to think of myself as different in this sort of egotistical way. But to answer your question, like I, I can talk through that a little bit. I think it really comes down to perspective and the understanding that everything is uncertain anything beyond this moment is completely uncertain and I cannot see the bigger picture. So when it comes to judgments of things in the moment, it doesn't really, a lot of this stuff like logically just doesn't make any sense to me when I see it in a certain way. So judging a certain situation, for example, when I was in high school going through social anxiety, worried about what everyone thought of me in that moment, that sucked. Like it, it wasn't enjoyable. I would have labeled that as bad Without that experience, I never would have ever had the wherewithal or the depth in my understandings of those sorts of feelings to start posting on social media and sort of face those fears of putting myself out there. So while looking back, someone may label that as, oh yeah, social anxiety or you know fears and constant worry, living in that state is bad. I don't see it as that everything's sort of neutral because I can't see what the bigger picture is. So being able to keep that perspective, understanding that I wouldn't be where I am right now. I wouldn't be on Sean T's podcast right now if I hadn't as a 16, 17 year old been deathly afraid of what everyone thinks of me. So now being able to move forward in that when things come up and, you know, quote unquote, bad things happen to me, I just say, I don't know. I don't know what this will lead to. I don't know how things will turn out. I don't know how this situation will play out. And it's sort of just relaxing into that state of uncertainty. Because when people feel things like anxiety, they, they think 
that they have some semblance of control of how things are going to go. And when that control is lost, that's when they start to feel anxious and worried and nervous about things. But in reality, you never had that control to begin with. So sort of relaxing into that state of uncertainty of just telling, reminding yourself every single moment, I don't know. I don't know if this is good or bad. It seems right now seems super bad, but I don't know what this is going to lead to. So just relaxing into that uncertainty and keeping that sort of perspective has helped a lot. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I think you're the first person that I met that actually lives in this definition of time that I'm going to give you. And so while I know you will understand it 100%, I'm just going to give you a preface of like the time continuum, which is what, you know, I want to preface before I give you what I know is the definition of time, which is time is the hidden mechanism of a micrometer, which is of such an accord that I cannot, without a reasonable state of doubt, state the correct time. Because it's you truly live in this space of, well, the minute I know what time it is, like time has already passed. And so instead of dwelling on the past or the next second, which I don't know what is, I'm just going to be aware of who I am right now. And so I learned that in college and it made so much sense to me. And I was just like, you know, that's so profound. And I've read the book, The Power of Now, but not until I met you and now talking to you today, I'm like, yo, this mofo like lives in that definition. Like Andrew Murnane is the definition of my definition of time. So, you know, we ask people at the end of every show, you know, what is the definition of trust and belief to them? And so, you know, with everything you talked about today, you know, and, and people out there who are listening or watching and they see, you know, it's clear that you've welcomed and accepted your struggles. And it's clear that you've come to a place where you can, I don't even want to say manage, like you have a way that you live your life that works best for you and clearly is helping other people. How would you define trust and believe? So for me, I think it's the initial understanding in every single moment that you are perfectly whole and complete exactly as you are right now. And there is nothing you can ever, ever, ever possibly do to make yourself more complete. And there is nothing you can ever, ever, ever possibly do to make yourself less complete than you are right now. So with that initial understanding, 
taking that through your life, most people act in certain ways because they feel like they aren't. They feel like they have to become something more than what they are, but they're already whole and complete. So when you understand that fully and grasp that and, and realize that in every single moment, there isn't anything more that you have to do out of this feeling of lack and feeling of need. So there's nothing left but trusting and believing in yourself to take on whatever comes your way because you know that there's nothing that can happen that will diminish you and nothing that will happen that can happen that will add to you because you are already as whole and complete as you could possibly ever be. And there you have it, folks. And there you have it. Andrew, thank you so much. We're going to put where you can find Andrew in the show notes, his podcast, his uh, TikTok and Instagram. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to meet you in the flesh. Likewise, Sean, thank you so much for having me. This is an awesome conversation. I really, really appreciate it.